Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Six of Wands and the Labors of Theseus. Today's show will focus on the Seven of Wands and Medusa. Talk about stories, wands, and symbols, and all of the above. Myths, tarot, love. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I am Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Today we're talking about Seven of Wands. Yes. Seven of Wands. I can't believe we're so close to the end already. This is our 71st episode. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone on Facebook actually posted on our channel, or Facebook group, that's what it was, saying last week was our 70th episode and mentioned. Awesome. Anyways, so Seven of Wands. I'm just going to jump in and start describing what this card looks like. So... There is a very clear blue sky, and then there is a person who is kind of standing, and it looks like they are perhaps a little bit afraid. Um, They are, it looks like they are defending themselves from six wands that are point from perhaps below that person's feet. So I kind of imagine when I'm looking at this card that it is like one person against six others, but the person that we're looking at is um, on higher ground. So, oh, loud noises. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah, so the person that is depicted in the Seven of Wands is someone who holds the higher ground. They are a defender. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of like the card of defense, courage, and fear as well. Um, So when we're looking at this card, it often appears for someone who feels kind of like they're being attacked from all sides. Um, they might feel like they have this this need to defend themselves or perhaps there's something that they feel really afraid about. Um, but what this card shows is that that person, if they can hold out, if they can keep defending themselves, uh, it does actually lead to victory in the end. There's this very clear blue sky which shows, um, I'm going to say, kind of a a lack of indecision, if you will. There's not really a lot of wind. Um, This person is in a very good position to be defending themselves. The only disadvantage, of course, is that there are six other people (laughs) that are attacking. Um, Or, you know, maybe maybe three people who are holding two wands each because we don't see the other people. Um, Yeah, so basically this card is is saying that if you can really if you can hold out you're in a good position to be defending yourself um, sometimes this card shows up uh, for someone who is kind of in an argument or they feel like they've stated perhaps an opinion maybe there's been some sort of um, miscommunication out there and everyone's kind of attacking you for it uh, the person who like so normally this card appears for the person who is feeling attacked not the attacker Right. Um, So it's saying that, hey, you do have the moral high ground here, um, which is really kind of nice to get when you're when you're being attacked by six people, when you're feeling like you're being attacked. Right. By by outside forces. Right. It's it is sometimes nice to get this this message saying, hey, you're in the right here, even though all these people are 
are saying you're not in the right um, and that you do have that moral high ground. And the wands very much is is trying to say you should hold on to your values, hold on to your virtues, um, and and feel this fear because it is also useful fear as well. Because um, sometimes the fear is also giving us as much information in order to uh, surmount the situation as if we didn't feel it. Like as if we were just being brave, right? But of course, bravery is not the absence of fear, but the ability to overcome it, right? Um, so that is that is pretty much what this card is saying to the person who is receiving it. Um, it often shows up as a as like representing a person. It's one of those cards that often has shown up like representing a person's situation instead of like an event or oh no it's definitely an event yeah it's but it, it could also represent kind of that emotion of feeling just like um you're being really overwhelmed and and taken over from all sides mm. right um so like there's some of that same chaos that we saw in the five of wands actually mm. where it was kind of like um all this all this chaos and arguments happening but the difference between the five and the seven is really the fact that the seven of wands is like everyone against one person, right? Um, and that one person is defending themselves and um, and feeling really afraid because, hey, it's it's not fun to be attacked from multiple sides, right? And the card doesn't really say if things are going to go well or badly. Not in the five of wands. No. I'm in the seven. In the seven of wands, it's normally um, assumed that uh, the defender will win. Hmm. It's normally assumed that the defender does eventually win uh, just because they do hold the moral high ground and um, tarot believes a lot in karma and this idea that if you just keep doing the right thing, eventually it does pay off. Um, and, you know, we don't always know why we're, we're on the journeys or the challenges that we have, but um, if you keep acting righteously, if you will, if you keep acting well in those situations, eventually um, karma does come back. And uh, when you are judged in judgment, as we learned, like, as we learned in the major arcana, this, this idea of, um, of justice not being necessarily something that belongs to humans, but something that is a greater cosmic force as well. Um, that is one of the beliefs of the tarot. Um, and similarly, in the Seven of Wands, um, that concept is coming back again. This idea that you're in a you're in a challenging situation, but you are holding the higher ground. You are in a good position to be defending yourself, and um, and since you do have the moral high ground as well, uh, if you keep defending yourself, you will be victorious. That is the underlying idea of the Seven of Wands, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee it. Um, what it's more depicting is that state of being, of feeling like you do need to defend yourself, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, if I was to use the metaphor of the fire, uh, as we've been talking about this fire, kind of, you know, sparking into being with the ace and uh, get, getting sustenance with the two of wands, et cetera, et cetera. Once it reaches the seven of wands, there's this idea of um, the fire's needing some more fuel perhaps right like the fire is uh perhaps under attack from other elements like wind or rain and it might feel like it's uh 
starting to go out a little bit with the seven of wands but um, if you keep if you keep working there's this idea that you can get that fire back you can get that that force back and that energy back um, of course uh, this card can also appear um, as an obstacle as well mm -hmm. so um, you know when this card is appearing as the, an answer or as a, a helper it's a little clearer it's just it's just telling you to keep keep fighting keep working but it can also appear as an obstacle and when that happens I think it's also kind of a it's it's pretty much telling you that um, you know it's not going to be easy um, that there is going to be a lot of resistance uh, in in your journey so like when this card is showing up as an obstacle it it's kind of like it's it has a lot of the same meanings as it as when it's showing up as a helper um, it's just telling you that hey there is going to be a lot of pushback um, and however you are still that that person who is defending yourself right so it's not necessarily like like so when it appears as an obstacle it is not necessarily saying that you're going to be victorious the same way as it does when it shows up as a helper. Um, what it is saying is that it's going to be hard and that there's going to be a lot of uh, forces that where it feels like they're they're coming at you and attacking you from all sides. Mm. Yeah, so um, how are we doing on time? We're doing all right. Mm -hmm. All right, um, so you mentioned that there is a famous character. <laughs> Medusa, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've heard of her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad we're finally talking about Medusa. Me too. Yeah, I feel like Medusa is definitely one of um, those myth um, people of myth or mythical creatures that most people have heard of, mostly because we do see her in so much of our popular culture and in um, like art from basically the classical period up until now. So she's definitely been a fascination for people f for thousands of years. So yeah. I'm happy definitely to be able to talk about her today um, in terms of the Seven of Wands too and thinking of her almost as that, um, like the symbol of fear and yeah. intense fear that people have of her <laughs> and of her as a woman and of her as a woman with power. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Well, I think that kind of matches with the card because I think women in power have often felt like the character being depicted on, in the Seven of Wands. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. And I do want to start um, just by having a quick um, trigger warning just because I, I will be talking uh, about sexual assault within her story. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to throw that out there now that there will be um mentioned so if you want to turn off the podcast now now is the time to we do won't so be offended. of course not definitely not yeah um but of course as always a bit of a background information first um as i <laughs> feel like i always must do um so medusa um most people don't know or maybe they do they know that she's a gorgon and i feel like most people's idea of a gorgon is this woman with like kind of a snake body and snake yeah. hair and um like you know, hair made of snakes hair made of yeah. snakes and but this beautiful um woman and gorgons um especially in ancient greek art they looked very different than what we would think of today so they actually had enormous tusks oh. and they would have these big wide eyes that would petrify people or turn them to stone if you were to gaze upon them 
Um, they would also have bronze hands, of course, snakes in their for hair, and golden wings. Oh so my gosh. they look very different than it's so different than how it's portrayed in like God of War and in like, video games. And yeah, that sort Clash of, thing. of the Titans, yeah. everything. Yeah, I can't remember exactly which um, piece of art. I should have looked it up. That you first see kind of the image that we kind of portray now, um, but again, thousands of years after. <laughs> um, after the invention of Gorgon. Exactly. Yeah, um, and. She so she was one of three Gorgon sisters. So she had two other, um, Steneth, Steno, uh, which means strength, and Urale, which is far leaper, and Medusa. Actually, there's a couple different. Oh my! What is happening? Stop it! Sorry, my computer's being weird. Um, <laughs> which can mean wide ruling, um, but also means guardian or a protectress. Oh, so, cool! So. Her sisters were also powerful women. Very powerful. And I'm not going to say more powerful, but they were immortal, whereas Medusa was immortal. Mm -hmm. So she could be killed, which is why she was um, attacked by Perseus in particular, because of that weakness, quote-unquote weakness, <laughs> because she was mortal. Um, yeah, but they all um, lived on an island named Serpedon. And kind of the edge of the, the Greek world in, in their eyes. And Medusa was um, said to be very quite beautiful. Um, and there's a couple of different versions. One, again, that, you know, regular version. She's a Gorgon. They all she was look born this way. Born this and, way. And yeah. there's another version where she was, I believe, just a woman. And like um, a, a priestess. regular human. Regular human priestess of Athena, and because of her beauty, she caught the eye of Poseidon, god of the sea, and he um, saw her and sexually assaulted her in the temple of Athena. Right. So, a sacred space, um, which made Athena furious and um, decided to transform Medusa into this hideous monster, into the Gorgon. Gorgon. Yeah. So I see this as two ways. One, um, which most people do as, you know, a punishment for Medusa, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and like punishing the victim. Exactly. And unfortunately still happens today sometimes um, where the victim happens. is punished. Um, so we, we have that. Blamed and punished. Blamed and punished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Another part of that that I think of... Um, when thinking about mythology and the gods and how the Greeks saw their gods as being, um, you know, they couldn't be killed. They couldn't be punished for their wrongdoings. Yeah. And so that could have been Athena's only option. And like she couldn't another punish way, Poseidon. She couldn't punish Poseidon. So another way that I, I, you know, thought about it today is it could have been as a way almost to protect her so that it wouldn't happen again if she turns her into something hideous to make him not want to do that to her again. Yeah. Which um, doesn't make it okay, but... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, kind of trying to understand why Athena... Mm -hmm. why Athena would, would want to punish the victim. Mm -hmm. Like, Athena, god of goddess of wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind wisdom of bizarre. Warfare. Yeah, definitely. It, bizarre it that is. she would go and punish a victim. Mm -hmm. So kind of trying to see it from the perspective of maybe she was trying to protect her. Yeah. Or, again, maybe she did just see it as a slight on her because it was done in her temple. Yeah. So it could have been done out of anger as well. It's Yeah. Either way, pretty shitty. 
Different ways to view the same story, huh? Mm-hmm. Different ways to view things uh, happening. Exactly. And, and again, yeah, like this is unfortunately is an ancient myth, but it is a modern reality. You know, the story of powerful women um, being raped and demonized and, you know, slain by a patriarchal society is basically what the story of Medea is. Or Medusa. sorry, Medusa. I knew I was going to do that at least once. At least once, yeah. Um, yeah, and slain yeah. by a patriarchal society because, so once, you know, she was turned right. into a Gorgon or she was with her sisters and already a Gorgon, Either way, it was Perseus who was sent to defeat her. So, talked about Perseus in a previous episode. So, mm -hmm. this part of the story we've talked about before, but I'm definitely going to rehash it here. Um, so, um, oh, yeah, no, we're good. Sorry, I was doing really weird things. Um, so, Perseus was, again, a Greek hero, and he was sent on a quest to um, bring back Medusa's head. So, to kill her and bring her head back. Wasn't Perseus's, like, Poseidon's son or something like that? I feel as though that is in a modern retelling. That's more of a modern retelling? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so he sent, go get her head. So he did. He was able to go to Medusa's lair with the help, actually, of Athena and Hermes, they gave him, you know, these winged sandals, a, a cap of invisibility, and a shield made of bronze, so to reflect, because remember, those eyes can Turn petrify. stone, yeah. Exactly, so that's what he used to kind of slip past the sisters, um, and even her, and able to behead her, mm -hmm. um, was these tools that he had from the gods. And once he did um, decapitate, um, Medusa, he released two beings. So he released Pegasus, which is a winged horse. So Pegasus flew out of uh, Medusa's, Medusa's head. Yep. Interesting. Um, which, and we see him in other myths with Bellerophon, not Heracles, which is in the Disney, <laughs> the Disney movie. movie. Yeah. So that's a little um, false, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and also Chrysor. So he was a giant, which isn't, he's not really. Um, spoken about much in Greek myth. So out of her head comes these two beings thought to, um, she would have been impregnated by Zeus, or not Zeus, by sorry, Poseidon. Poseidon um, well, because Poseidon liked horses, right? He could turn himself into a horse. And yeah, even if we think about water and water imagery, um, we see horses within that a lot. Yeah. We, yeah. We've seen, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much exa exactly that. Yeah. Um, ba -ba -ba. So, yeah. So, after he um, decapitated Medusa, he used her head against his enemies, um, you know, going back. And then once he did that, he actually gave her head to Athena, who then placed it on her aegis or her breastplate that she always had. So, mm -hmm. when she would, you know, go to war, she would have this like ability to strike fear and yeah the heart of her enemies exactly That's so again her head is seen as the symbol of fear and of conquest as well um unfortunately <laughs> and um later on well well she created it <laughs> she, athena created it yeah. yes yeah in in some myths yeah and in by later artists but also by greek artists too um Medusa's head was used as an apotropaic symbol to ward off 
Abertrepeg just means to turn away. So it's to ward off evil spirits or magical way to deflect the evil eye. So huh. no one's going to be looking. Medusa's no head looking that very way. useful, eh? It did become very useful. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And so that's, again, doesn't it's not a, a huge myth, but it is very poignant, I believe. And, again, still talked about today. There's something about the treatment of Medusa and the story of Medusa mm. that I think is just so resonant in a lot of a lot of women, I think. Definitely, right? definitely, yeah, which is why I wanted to read a bit. Um, there's this book I've mentioned before called Women and Power, a Manifesto. It's by Mary Beard. It's a very, it's a small book. It's just two um, essays, but I really like it. Yeah, <laughs> I you had me I, read it. I had you read it. I'm like, <laughs> um, you need to read this. I think it's it's a good book. It's, it is good. It's well it's written. Very well written. She is a wonderful um, Roman historian. Um, she has um, a great book on Roman history called SPQR. So if you want to read up, I definitely highly recommend that book. Uh, but I wanted to read a bit from this one. It's from her second um, essay in this series, and it is called Women in Power. Um, and it's about Medusa. So here we go. Just a little bit here. So the point is simple but important. As far back as we can see in Western history, there is a radical separation real, cultural, and imaginary, between women and power. But there is one item of Athena's costume that brings us right up to our own day. On most images of the goddess, at the very center of her body armor, fixed onto her breastplate, is the image of a female head with withering snakes for hair. This is the head of Medusa, one of the three mythical sisters known as the Gorgons, and is one of the most potent ancient symbols of male mastery over the destructive dangers that the very possibility of female power represented. It is no accident that we find her decapitated. Her head proudly paraded as an accessory by this decidedly unfemale female deity. It hardly needs Freud to see these snake's locks as an implied claim to phallic power. This is the myth, uh, classic myth in which the dominance of the male is violently reasserted against the illegitimate power of the woman. And Western literature, culture, and art have repeatedly returned to it in, these ter in those terms. The bleeding head of Medusa is a familiar sight among our own modern masterpieces, often loaded with questions about the power of the artist to represent an object at which no one should look. Which is interesting because, again, her head, no one is, would no really want to, to look, look at, it. at yeah. it because it could hurt them. So, again, it itself is a symbol of power, but also of fear. That is nuts. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I feel like the book is kind of talking about um, this, like, like, that particular excerpt that you mentioned. It's kind of like it's talking about... Um, this idea that women don't deserve to be in power, but I think she's she's more just mentioning it um, as, like, they do. It's just that this is kind of a symbol that men have used to try and um, yeah. stake claim that I, women don't belong in power. Belong. I, w I would say it's more, it's not about deserving, it's about belonging and about the fear that it can bring. Yeah, so there's kind of this, there's been this historic fear of women in power, mm -hmm. if you will. And mm -hmm. and her argument is that it has started from Medusa was the first one to, to start that kind of trend. Start that 
idea or mm-hmm. like that, or perhaps the myth even stemmed from that idea as well. Yeah, very, and, very possibly, definitely. And that it just kind of kept, kept going and continuing. Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, sorry to bring it down a little <laughs> today, but... Well, I'll bring it back to um, what the tarot says to mm-hmm. do in these situations. Um, so the tarot talks about the fear. Like, the Seven of Wands definitely is a, a card that depicts a, an intense fear. Um, but it, the fear in tarot is not something that is meant to paralyze you. It talks about the possibility of it being able to paralyze you, but the kind of fear that's being described in the Seven of Wands is the kind of fear that you use to your advantage. Um, it's it's basically saying that your fear is what makes this a real situation. It's what's telling you that this is a situation worth overcoming, right? Um, so a lot of times when this card appears, it's saying, uh, you know, perhaps you now is the time to remind yourself why you're you're going after this the way you are. Like perhaps now is the time to not only what you're fighting for, but why you're fighting. Exactly. For it. Why are you fighting? What is what is it that you're fighting for? What is it that you're that you're hoping to gain from this? But also, um, what are your values and what are your your what do you believe in? What are you fighting for? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so truly. There is a lot of fear to be felt when you are fighting, but when you keep these ideas in mind, that is what creates that ability to overcome it, and that is what um, tarot calls true courage, if you will. Um, so this card shows some of the the most intense fear, but it also shows some of the most intense courage as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, how are we good? Yeah, we're. All right. Well, uh, we're, before we have our, our final words of wisdom from this particular this particular card, um, if you have any comments to say, uh, in particular about Medusa, <laughs> there's lots. There's definitely lots to be said. Mm-hmm. This is a conversation we can definitely keep going um, with, which you can join with us on our Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, just Myth Tarot Love, or on Instagram. You can also email us. All of our um, contacts are in the show notes as always as um, always yeah exactly. and we always appreciate your feedback and yeah so, yeah it's nice to hear from you mm-hmm. all right so our final words of wisdom I'm actually I actually have two things <laughs> one which I thought was uh pretty cool because it's it's said by Nelson Mandela and it's pretty much exactly what the seven of wands talks about Nelson Mandela said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave person is not the one who does not feel afraid, but the one who conquers that fear. And our second words of wisdom comes from the American Tarot Association. Inner courage is a force far stronger than physical strength, and a determined combatant can often withstand the attacks of others as long as they need to. Myth and tarot. Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, wands, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, tarot, love.